0: Many of us are stuck inside thanks to quarantine or stay-at-home orders due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some organizations, unfortunately, have been laying off workers or forcing people to use unemployment. Others, however, if they're able to, are allowing some employees to work from home. And working for yourself or working from home can be a great benefit, it can be a lot of fun, but... I personally find that managing my own time can be a challenge. There's lots of distractions out there. So, Harris and I are gonna talk about our experiences and hopefully give you some tips on how you can maximize your productivity and stay motivated throughout the day. Welcome to the practical podcast for technical people who want to start their own company. From founding to building your business, we're here to help. I'm Sean Hemel. And I'm Harris Kenny. This is the Hello Blink Show.
1: All right. Hello, Harris. How are you doing? Hey there. Uh, you know, I am doing well. Things remain busy, but there are some encouraging things going on right now, too. So I think I'm in a pretty good spot right now.
0: What's, what's new?
1: Well, you know, basically, I've got different clients in different stages of this process right now. You know, I think I the way I'm thinking about it is that I've got clients in three buckets, people who are in sort of triage mode dealing with some level of uncertainty and then able to move forward and sort of they're busy and future oriented i got i had uh, basically two clients who are in triage mode that we've moved into this sort of middle bucket of uncertain but yeah and trying to figure out okay what does the path forward look like uh, and i've got some folks who are in the the third one who are like look we're business as usual actually busier than ever which is a good problem to have um, but yeah it's helping those those middle two Not slide back. You know, in the United States, we've got these two programs, the PPP and the EIDL uh, loan programs through the Small Business Administration. And uh, there's been some lag in terms of getting those funds out. And so that is concerning for some of these clients who are in this uncertain spot and we're trying to figure out what's forward what comes next. There's uncertainty about when those funds are going to be available and when they're going to be distributed. I'm hoping this is today's when we're recording is Tuesday, April 14th. I'm hoping that by the end of this week, there's going to be some clarity on that. Um, So, you know, that's what's keeping me really busy, but it's overall good. And I've been involved with this uh, make for COVID group as well, which is making PPE. We've raised almost half a million dollars um, and been have been working with hospitals and getting stuff out the door. And so that's been a lot of fun to see the tech community, the maker community j- join together to make face shields and sew masks and do things. So it's been pretty busy. Honestly, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's awesome. You're able to help out. Uh, that's really cool. And
0: business is rolling for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I know that a lot of people are in a lot of different places. And so, you know, just I'm very grateful. I think I'm in a good spot. And, um, you know, I hope that the, we just keep doing this public health stuff so we so we can kind of get to the other side of this thing. But yeah, how about you? How are you doing? What's going on in your world? How's the biz?
0: So, luckily for me, I am also quite fortunate. Business seems to be business as usual for me. I'm rolling with my two clients. I've had a great breakthrough learning machine learning stuff, at least for a very minor piece of it, for a project I'm working on for DigiKey. I finally wrapped my head around anomaly detection and what the Mahalanobis distance is, which is, you know, super deep in the weeds of technical stuff, but. You know, it ultimately ends up being not super complicated when you start talking about I'm going to collect a bunch of data and I'm using my ceiling fan as a replacement or some type of emulation instead of a big, large industrial equipment because I don't have access to that. But it is a large motor and I can measure vibration from it. And I was able to use both the Mahalanobis distance to determine if there's an anomaly. And for me, an anomaly was taping a quarter to the side of one of the fan blades and seeing if I can discern the difference between that and regular operation. And it worked really, really well. It was kind of crazy. And then the other one, I created an autoencoder using a neural network. And I'll leave the explanation for that for the videos that I'm gonna be releasing on Digikey's YouTube page um, for the hopefully the near future. And let people see about, you know, the difference between calculating Mahalanobis distance, which is sort of your classic machine learning approach versus using neural networks, which is kind of the big sledgehammer in the machine learning world where they can learn their own features, but they're very computationally expensive. They're really cool, but a lot of people think that, you know, it might be overkill for the job needed. But I had a lot of fun learning that, uh, learning how to do feature extraction. So that's been cranking, you know, trying to get stuff out about tiny machine learning and edge AI, that seems to be this growing trend. Like what IoT is kind of becoming is, you know, instead of piping a bunch of data out from machines and letting a server do the big machine learning stuff, let's take smaller machine learning algorithms and throw them on edge devices like your single board computers, your routers, your, you know, microcontrollers, and let them do some of the base processing so we're not hosing all of our networks. I'm having a lot of fun learning that. I'm very grateful that I still have work and can help out my clients. Um, Thus far, DigiKey seems like business as usual, which is great. And the other thing that I've, you know, my minor way of contributing is I made my online Arduino intro to Arduino class free for uh, as long as I could, a, a week or two, you know, for a few days in one week and a few days in the next week. And I had over 200 people sign up for that just by announcing it on social media. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, I'm gonna put that out again just to see if I can get more people to sign up, just to help the people who are stuck at home, just to give them something to do if they're learning, wanting to learn a new skill. And this is, you know, a good opportunity to, if, un- if unfortunately you've been laid off, I can offer you some free content. You don't even need the hardware. You can, you can do all most of the course via simulation. You just need a computer and internet access.
1: I remember you were having some reservations about whether or not to release that if it was in poor taste. Did you get any? negative pushback on that? Or I, I can't imagine that you did, but did you get anybody? Was anybody mad? Did they feel like you were being <laughs> too self-promotional during this difficult time? I know that you were, it crossed your mind.
0: No, I th- I think if you word it correctly and you really truly believe that it, you're do- trying to help people and add value rather than say, you know, oh, if you subscribe, I'll give you this free code, right? There's still, even if it's like, oh yeah, I have to click a button and give them my email, there's still a give and take as opposed to, no, here's just a code. I'm really just trying to help people out and give them something to do while they're stuck in quarantine or a new skill to learn. And I think as long as you word it like that, rather than trying to make it that that icky sales back and forth, I think I'm good. You know, I could turn it into like a, you know, give me your email and I'll give you a code. And put you on a list and you know i think that's kind of the normal marketing world that we're in but i i try not to do that unless there is like some marketing gain but this is the little bitty way i can help out hopefully
1: nice that's awesome
0: so i wanted to get into time management and this is a fun passion of mine i I try to consume a bunch of content around it and learn about how to better motivate myself throughout the day I find that this is a hard thing to do. There was no way I could have worked for myself 10 years ago or five years ago. Being in the office gives you this type of environment where you're, you're kind of motivated to work. You see everybody else working and so you fit in with the culture. If you're at your desk at your home all day, I think the motivation changes. You have to find that within yourself to say, I need to get these things done. And I think most people can be very productive and can be motivated. But for me, I find that it's, Uh, distractions that come up or little things like, oh, I'm at my house. Why not do laundry and clean some things while I'm home? And like, you find that those start to eat into your ability to get work. And I am not great at not doing those all the time. I really try. So I've been over the past few years, I've been reading a bunch about how do you stay motivated? One of the things that I found is that if you sit down and you actually try to work a full eight hours it's insanely difficult to do that. Look at your time. Just just one day, write down every single thing you do, chunked down to like five-minute increments, and I guarantee you're going to find that even in an office environment, you're not working eight hours. You might be in the office for eight hours, but you're actually working for probably five, six, I'm going to guess. There are some people who work a lot. There are some people who work 10-hour days, and they probably get a full eight hours in, but I guarantee that, you know... If you can, cons- if your job is mostly meetings and meetings are considered work, then you're working. But for me, meetings were an extraneous thing that got in the way of producing content or doing engineering work. So I never really considered meetings work, even if some of them were necessary. I, I actually dislike meetings quite a bit, um, specifically for my type of position, right? I don't get content and I don't get engineering work done during meetings. So if you take away all your meetings, you take away the time you spend getting coffee and chatting with coworkers, you're probably down to like, five-ish hours of actual hard work, depending on what your job is. You know, if you're a manager and you sit in meetings all day, then maybe you do sit in eight hours of meetings. That's, you know, totally different story. So you do that, and when you're working for yourself, you don't have these meetings a lot of times. Maybe you do, maybe you have to get on a Zoom call, maybe you have to take client calls. But for me, I find that I'm in far less meetings now than I ever was during the office. What do you find, Harris? Is that similar for you versus when you were in an office?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I really dislike meetings and I think that there's a lot of wasted time in office environments. And, you know, I I think that the focus on really what needs to be done and how much time does that really need to take? uh, I think there's just such a huge difference between that and how uh, many organizations operate, uh, which are very input oriented and very much about how much time you're spending. You know, are you sitting at your desk? doesn't matter if you're doing things or not. Uh, And there's a lot of posturing and things like that, too, around sort of looking busy or seeming busy. And, um, you know, I think being together with people has its benefits. Um, I'm a social person. I like to collaborate with people. But I think that it, it isn't. I don't think it's always the best. I think especially if it's like a deep flow activity or, you know, sales work where, I mean, I really think most positions benefit from just having autonomy. But I think that's really the thing where when you're home, you clearly have more autonomy. And what you do with that is a separate. I think that's where the time management conversation comes in. Um, But I think that's that's the rub for me in general with a lot of office environments is just a lot of control. You don't have the autonomy to get work done. It's kind of infantilizing. uh, And I don't don't really like it.
0: (laughs) I I think when you're just starting your career, you know, for the first few years that you're working, I, I think being in an office environment can be helpful. I think, you know, there is a bit of a fear that you have a boss looking over your shoulder or potentially could walk in on you. And so, like, you should be getting something done or at least maybe appearing to get something done. But, you know, I think once you i'm going to use the word mature out of that and find the motivation within yourself to get things done that's when you get into okay i know i can do this on my own i don't need that infantilizing perspective that you're talking about where like oh i have to do this because you know the the boss is going to walk in on me it's like no i'm doing this because i want to add value i believe in the mission of the company and or i want to get paid so i need to add value of some sort so i need to get my work done and once you move that to, say, working for yourself or working for a small company where pe- you just have more autonomy. People are just like, we need to build this thing. Go, right? You have a week. Go. Go do it. I, there's no meetings. Just make it done. And in a week, maybe we'll have a meeting and you can talk about it. And it's a little more just you're on your own. You need to find value. And honestly, the hardest thing I have with that at that point is then dealing with distractions, once I found the motivation that I need to add value, I need to make these videos, it's on me. Dealing with distractions becomes the next hurdle. I was born a little bit too early for that ADD, ADHD. Um, I'm going to call it the craze when, like, it, it seemed like half the children born in the United States were diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. And I'm not trying to downplay this as any sort of disease because ADHD is a real thing that people struggle with. I might still have some mild form um, i find i can be easily distracted especially when i'm tired um, facebook is a giant sinkhole for me and i know this and i need to be very very careful about it um, so i i don't personally take any medication if you feel that it might be for you talk to a doctor i will i will definitely put that out there um, if you think it might be a problem like if you think you might have adult adhd talk to a doctor See what can be done. Um, I don't want to downplay it at all, but I do think that I personally can be distracted. And I think lots of people, uh, I find especially engineers can e- easily get distracted. You know, memes, memes are rampant and I love to look at them. Um, to work within that framework. So knowing yourself is super important. And part of this is understanding your own body's motivation and how you work. Um, for me, I'm more of a morning person. That does not mean I get up at five in the morning. Heck... No, that means I actually get my best work done two to three hours after I wake up knowing that. So instead of taking a slow morning to get ready and then suddenly I'm tired in the afternoon and can't get work done, I know that I need to focus on work early in the morning. <laughs> you know, you know, early in the morning for me might be 9, 10 a.m., but that's, you know, I have a window of when I wake up that that's the best. and as a result of that, I know I can try to get a nap in, in the afternoon, like, oh, eat lunch, go take a nap because I am useless at like two to 3 PM. Like I am so distractible. I'm tired. I can't get, I can't focus. I can't get work done. So, okay, take a break. I'm gonna go take a nap. And then I wake up and I have that same awoke same. I just woke up refreshed feeling. and I now have another two to three hour window where I can get real focused, hard work done. So I think that's different for everybody. Um, and for me, I I'm not a night owl. I can sometimes work into the evening. I'm not a college student anymore, so I can't like pull these two, three AM all almost all nighter things. I just, I can't, I know some people love to work in the evening, but know it for yourself. What about for you, Harris? Do you, what is your like natural rhythm flow for focus times?
1: You know, it varies. And it was interesting looking through, you know, as we were talking about this episode of preparing. You are much more structured than I am in terms of how you approach these things. <laughs> I have to know. Yeah, I I, my, I don't really have any two days that are that similar. Um, it really just kind of depends. I mean, I in the beginning was very focused on time management and clocking where my time was going and things like that. Um, I've been I've been a lot less focused on that, and so you know based on my rhythm of my day, it just depends. Some days I'll be working really late. Um, I'll be kind of working on things. I try to go to bed, start getting ready for bed around nine o'clock. But there are some days when I'm at my computer like 1030 at night getting things done. There's other days when I wake up at 430am and I just get on my computer and just start going. Um, So I don't really have too much similarity between days. The last few months for the business have been very different for me because I've been experimenting with different ways of you know, this podcast is a new project and stood up that um, data project looking at uh, the you know market for open hardware. And that's kind of like a research service. Plus, I've got client work. Plus, I've got some projects around the house and, and exercise. So I've been changing a lot what I'm doing and where I'm spending my time. And so what my days look like have been changing a lot, too. And I haven't been too structured in how I'm approaching it, to be honest. So I think we're probably on the opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> on this because I think that in general I do well in the mornings the most important thing for me is making sure I'm eating and getting and drinking water um if I'm not eating well if I'm not drinking water if I'm not exercising then the wheels kind of fall off but those are kind of the main three things that I have to make sure that I'm doing and that I know for sure and I know that mornings tend to work well for me but sometimes nights work great too and I just like kind of I'm lit up on something and I just can't stop working on it until I get a good breaking point in the, in the workflow. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, also, you're in Colorado, so you have to drink like eight gallons of water every single day. I, I remember those times. <laughs> I remember that. I, I can get by with like two of these in Louisiana <laughs> exactly. and I'm fine. You know, two, two glasses of water. I mean, I should drink more, but I can get by. In Colorado, like I felt like I was turning into a dust skeleton if I didn't drink enough water. <laughs> That's so
1: true well, and it's so humid you're like drinking through your pores
0: yeah it, it, yeah, basically <laughs> <laughs> um, I do there's there's a couple of things I want to mention based on what you said, and the first is the idea of flow and I want to talk about that a little bit later when we get into, you know, managing down to like your hour increments and your ultradian rhythms. Um, if you can get into flow, if I can get into flow, I'm good for like three, four hours. It's great. And you know, I could work till midnight, 1am. Um, and it's a wonderful feeling to be in that flow, but we don't always get that right. I don't, I don't know too many people who are, I would say lucky enough to be able to have, be able to work eight hours every single day in a flow state. Um, simply because of the nature of what we do. There is an unfortunate amount of things we need to do that just need to get done that doesn't super excite us, and that's true for almost anything. Um, I would say probably... I would say 50-60% of the things I do don't super excite me. And even the things that I like doing, I get bored of doing them pretty quickly. I like writing scripts and coming up with ways to describe new technology. I get sick of writing my third script. You know, if it's all in like one or two days, I get so sick of that. So I need to vary it up a little. Um, so, once again, understanding how you function around things that excite you, what does and what doesn't combine with what needs to get done, I think is important. Just pay attention to that for yourself. Um, let's get in, let's talk about exercise, nutrition, caffeine, alcohol, and smoking, and all these other fun things that you always hear about people like, oh, don't drink alcohol, don't drink caffeine before bed. But you know what? I freaking love tea and coffee. And so I think we need to talk about how do we manage those things, right? Um For me, I know that I am, over the years, I feel like I've become more and more sensitive to caffeine. Alcohol, I'm about the same, right? I, I get to uh i get to inebriated state somewhat quickly you know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a lightweight and i know that right if i go to a place i know i can have like one drink and you know don't drink and drive but i know that i have my wits about me after one drink and two i know that i'm calling an uber right that's like i i know that i've you know been around the block enough times know that like this is my limits i don't generally want to go beyond that and be responsible um But when it comes to caffeine, I used to have a cup of coffee every morning and a Coke in the afternoon and maybe some tea. You know, this is like college, college days. And like, I was generally fine. Or maybe I wasn't fine and I could just function off of six hours of sleep. I don't know. Um, For me personally, I need like seven to eight. Otherwise, I'm useless for the entire rest of the day. It sucks. I know people who can function on like four or five. I cannot do that. And I find that I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So like, Coffee will mess up my sleep schedule. I love the taste of coffee. I have to be very careful about how much I drink. I can drink a little more tea, which is fine, but if I have tea, tea too late in the afternoon, it messes up my sleep schedule. And if I'm suffering the next day, then I've paid the price. So whenever I have coffee because I need it, um, I call it kicking on the afterburners, right? I'm, I'm, I need coffee because I'm gonna pound through this. You know, Maybe I need to be up and at it for a video, or I need to pound through this script because I'm filming in an hour. You know, I'm like, okay, hit the emergency button. Let's slam some coffee, get it done. I'm paying the price tomorrow though. But I know that, right? It's, it's a lever I can pull to get things done. Um, what have you find for you? Can you like shove coffee all day? Cause I'm jealous of the people who can do that. Cause I love coffee.
1: So yeah, so we're opposites in this one too. Cause <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink caffeine at all uh, or alcohol. Oh, I mean, man. I, yeah, I don't have a, I mean, I, I, if I'm out at a conference at a happy hour, I'll have a drink or whatever. Or if, if, if it's, you know, having a couple drinks, that's fine. If it's like going out to karaoke or something like that, you know, those, I'd love to go to the like Asian karaoke places where you can <laughs> rent out a room and things like that. Yep. So like, you know, I mean, every once in a while, but that, you know, that we're talking about like maybe a couple times a year. So I'm pretty straight edge, not for any particular reason besides like, I don't know, I just don't, um, for whatever reason, uh, do that, do, do those things. So I just never got into it. I never got like a habit around it. I never got a habit around sort of that, like, morning ritual. Um, mm. So, you know, yeah. So I, I just kind of, I mean, I think probably the biggest thing, most important thing for me is exercise and, nutri- and, um, and nutrition. if I have to stay on the, on, really stay engaged with those. Because if I get, like, if I snack too much, if, you know, if I'm not having just, like, basic meat, vegetables, and, like, good carbohydrates, um, if I get off of that, it's really easy for me to lose my focus. I've noticed that as I've gotten older, I need more sleep um that's definitely a thing i used to require less sleep and i need a little bit more sleep lately and i don't know exactly why but i do feel it that a little bit more whereas i used to like burn the candles from both ends be a night owl and uh what is it morning bird early bird yeah early bird early bird yeah i would just do both you know and get like five hours of sleep and be fine that those days are over (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I can't do that either. I used to be like, okay, I can aim for 6 and still be awake enough for classes.
1: We're good. <laughs> yeah. So that that that's kind of my thing, but yeah, so part of me has wondered like, oh, you know, should I try and I'll have like green tea or whatever. I mean, I'll have caffeine. It's not like I I don't do it. Um it's just not part of my 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 my, my ritual, I guess.
0: So, can you give us any what have you found for nutrition? Because I have found that like I love pasta, but if I eat like a bunch of pasta, it gives me energy the next day but it's just like weird kind of energy like i can see the whole the whether it's myth and true or not like people carb load before doing like a marathon the next day like you don't eat a bunch of carbs and you you know eat a huge thing of pasta the night before and you go run a marathon the next day and like i think there is some truth to that but it's like it's this weird like sort of tired fuzzy energy i'm like i'm jittery more than anything so like i I try to stick to, like, complex carbs. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not gluten-free or anything. Um, like, I love rice. I love pasta. But it's like, okay, maybe I'll do brown rice. Or, you know, for, for carbs, I try to get, like, more oatmeals or things like that. Um, that being said, I do know that, like, good like, like cheap grains are great if you need to, like, make a meal go for go for longer or you need to feed, like, a family of five. Like, just throw pasta and rice in, in there because meats and
1: veggies get expensive. That is definitely true. I mean, for me, nutritionally, I pretty much every pl- pl- plate is generally a third of some type of meat, a third of some type of vegetable, and a third of some type of carbohydrate. Um, and that's most that's most meals. I mean, breakfast, I'll have like, um, kind of like granola with fruit. Um, and that, that's pretty much, you know, what I found is that I wasn't eating a lot. And then for exercise, I like to try to lift heavy weights and, uh, you know, do compound movements and I found that I wasn't eating enough. You know, I went to uh talk to a nutritionist and I basically wasn't eating enough food by um be, you know, by by quite a large margin. So then that would basically I just needed to eat more. I have a very fast metabolism um and I don't know whatever else I don't really understand how the human body works, but apparently it my needs more food. <laughs> so so my main thing is making sure I'm eating enough and uh yeah, so then that, that's pretty much how I handle it and I it's easy for me to get to get work and, and forget, and all of a sudden I'm having lunch at 3 o'clock. Or realize, yeah. like, I haven't gotten out of my chair for, like, six hours, and I need to go to the bathroom, and I, my water bottle's empty. And that's the thing that I have to fight, is the, like, sort of getting in, like, a trance where I'm not, like, taking care of those things. I'm not moving around, and I'm not—that's, that's, like, the biggest challenge, I think, when it comes to, like, the inputs for me. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes total
0: sense. I have to regulate my eating as well. Um, I I notice that like I get fuzzy or grumpy or angry, like I get seriously hangry if I don't eat. So like I try to be very regimented. Um, you know, if I'm with other people, I, I like to cook, make cocktails, you know, like, like put on a show. If it's just me, I've got like my system of like, okay, wake up, walk the dog, eggs and veggies in the morning, you know, midday is like a smoothie and an apple and some peanut butter. And then, you know, maybe there's a snack and hopefully it's like oatmeal, but sometimes I reach for like, like a piece of chocolate. Cause I, I love chocolate. And then for dinner, I have like, like, you know, two meals that I cook a week and each of those last for three days. And they're like, like pretty basic kind of stuff. Cause food to me at that point, if I'm just by myself, food is sustenance. That's all it is. Like, I don't, I don't, I like to cook sometimes. I'm not a great chef by any stretch of the imagination. And I like cooking for people. But if it's just me, I'm like, give me the easiest thing possible. That's the healthiest. Put that in and go. But I'd have to make sure I'm hitting, you know, those time points to equalize my energy throughout the day to stay motivated and focused.
1: Yeah, absolutely. To me, those th- that time management and the idea of like your nutritional intake, those two things to me are very much interconnected. You know, you can use like Pomodoro and whatever timesheets and whatever other kind of system you want. If you're not giving your body the nutrients that it needs, the energy that it needs, like I don't really care about the system, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, um, but, but once you do those nutrients, I think, you know, for me, I, I want to think about, is there a system that I could be adopting that might help me, um, be more structured? Cause I don't think I have it all figured out. I tried being structured now, I'm trying unstructured and maybe I'll land somewhere in the middle. I don't know. I
0: think it's I think it's a game to figure out what works for you
1: personally. Um, yeah. And for
0: anybody listening, I think that play with several different systems, learn a bunch, read a bunch, play with several different systems. I've played with a few. Most of them don't work. Most of them are like, I'm glad it worked for that author, but like this is rough. I can't I can't do this. Um, like I remember trying like Kanban first, and it was just like, meh. Or like the whole idea of like set a timer to work for exactly an hour, and I'm like. Yo, if if I get into a flow state in an hour, I don't want that telling me I need to go take a break. I'm in a flow state. Just, you know, I'll go to the bathroom if I have to, but I'm in a flow state. Don't yeah. interrupt me. <laughs> totally. Let me live. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I think you're absolutely right of like, you know, make sure your basic needs are met. I, I don't think enough of those like, like you know, Ultradian rhythm, Pomodoro, Pomodoro is that, am I yeah. saying that right? Yeah. Okay. I, think
1: it, I, I think it means tomato because it's like uh, those little tomato timers
0: yeah that's right yeah you set the timer basic kind of stuff like like you force yourself to work and then you get to reward yourself with a break and those are great but like make sure your needs are met right i I find that i find that food vitamins caffeine exercise all of those play a much bigger factor in your ability to focus um you know and and don't eat garbage i i feel like garb i love potato chips i feel like garbage when i eat a bag of potato chips so (laughs) just know know what you're doing um just pay attention to your body and how it reacts and just make notes of trends over time and you'll eventually hopefully come to some, something of some kind of understanding, but it's, you know, the model I have of myself and how my body operates is constantly changing. I'm constantly learning new things and trying different stuff. So what I'd say in this episode might not apply in a year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one we didn't touch on is this idea of vitamins. You know, I, I think the idea of like, you need to supplement vitamins every day is kind of a BS marketing thing. Um, most people should get enough. If you eat right, you should get enough of your basic vitamins throughout the day. Uh, the big one that I see a lot of people are deficient in is vitamin D. There's lots of studies to show that we spend way too much time indoors and we don't get enough vitamin D. Um, what is it? The, like, the, sad or, uh, whatever yeah, the disease we the don't seasonally, get
1: Seasonally, seasonally effective disorder.
0: Thank you. That's the one. Or um, seasonal or whatever. Like, we don't get enough sunlight. There's, you know, there's, you know, people in the, uh, Pacific Northwest don't get enough sunlight. All sorts of things so that, like, we're supposed to be outside as hunters and gatherers and we get a lot of vitamins through these types of activities. And we just don't do that. You know, I sit at my computer most of the time. So if you're able to get outside wear sunscreen, get some vitamin D, that's great. Um, but if, if you're worried about vitamin D deficiency, talk to your doctor, there's like blood tests they can do, you know, uh, the first time I did it, they're like, Oh yeah, you're deficient and you need to take like 20,000 UIs or IUs or whatever it is a day. <laughs> And it was, like, way too much. I got, like, super jittery. Um, Now I I have a dog. My dog forces me to go outside. So I think I'm good, at least for the most part, with vitamin D. The weird one that I have found for myself is that zinc. I've got a weird story behind zinc. And whenever I got a cold, I bought into the whole marketing hype of the whole zincum things. And, you know, there's some studies to show that, like, supplementing zinc at the onset of a cold can reduce its duration. So I'm like, okay— And I noticed that I would take these zincum tablets, the little, you know, over, overpriced zincum tablets. Um, and the cold, you know, the cold would, the cold would, you know, I'd suffer through a cold, hopefully stay home or whatever is needed. And by the end of it, I would come out and I'd have this, like, massive amounts of energy and focus. Like, I could focus like nobody's business. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? And so I tried it for a couple of days. I'm like, you know what? I'm not sick. I'm going to take these zincum tablets. And same thing happened. I could focus. It's weird. And so I started looking into it, and apparently, if somebody is zinc deficient, and they and and it can affect somebody who has ADD or ADHD. There's a couple of articles and academic papers out there to show that supplementing zinc can help people who have focus problems. Um, so that's part of the reason I think that like I might be—I don't know. Um, so I've been playing with supplementing zinc, and there's a simple test you can do where you like buy the like the liquid stuff and you like hold it in your mouth for a bit. And if it tastes super, super bitter, you are, you have enough zinc. You're good. If it just tastes like water, then you're zinc deficient and you should probably consider supplementing zinc. Um, I'm going to recommend you talk to your doctor. <laughs> Can't say I did, but it's probably a good idea. Um, but that's one of those things. Like I just paid attention to how my body reacted when I was, you know, taking some kind of supplement. Um, the multivitamins never seem to do anything for me. You know, your miles may vary. That's what I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I haven't gotten really deep into the like supplementing world. I mean, my focus first was on nutrition and like you said earlier, you know, having whole foods, eating vegetables, making sure that I'm, you know, eating lots of different colors of vegetables and lots of different types of things. You know, that was kind of my principal focus and my real focus was on doing an in-body scan showing my percentage of body fat and my lean muscle mass and... I think that there are opportunities for me to take that further. I, I would like to get some blood testing done. I mean, this whole thing has obviously thrown things off. This COVID situation has thrown things off, but um, I've definitely thought about that. And I've thought about, you know, what would getting some work done, blood work done, just to see kind of what my levels are at and make sure that I'm sort of getting everything I need to get. So it's on my it's on my list to do that. I think when things settle down here, I was kind of planning on doing it anyway, um, because I've been focusing on health a lot since I started the business. Because you sort of have to, you know, if you're if you're working for yourself and you're starting your own thing and you're not taking care of yourself, nobody else is going to take care of you, and yeah. you're going to have a problem eventually, you know. Um, so and like employer, like when you have an employer and they're just like writing your checks, like I've seen people really their health really deteriorate because like the employer doesn't really care, and like yeah, maybe they have like some program, but like nobody does it and nobody cares about it. You know, and, uh, but when you work for yourself, like you really can't let your health deteriorate because like if your mental or physical health is deteriorating, uh, you're the one who's writing your own checks, (laughs) you know? And so that was why I really started focusing on this a lot more. And I can only do so many things at a time. I'm very sequential. So that was kind of where I started. But what you're talking about is definitely where I want to go next, which is like getting more detailed on, okay, now that I know that I'm directionally doing the right things, like how can I take this further? Make sure that I'm really catching everything to take care of myself. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely with you. I, I think that what you're saying makes a ton of sense. I personally believe that a full,
0: a full blood test should be done for everybody as part of your just basic checkup. I I want to see what my hormone levels are at. I want to see if I have any deficiencies. And I think a lot of things this come this shows up later as people go down. Like oh. I'm starting to have this problems. I can't focus or I'm tired throughout the day. And then you go through like three or four doctors just for them to give you a simple blood test to check your hormone levels. And you're like, oh, your pituitary gland isn't producing enough of whatever hormone. And you're like, why did I have to see four doctors? Why can't one doctor just prick my arm, just do a full suite of blood tests on me and tell me like, am I deficient? And do I have problems? Is it things I need to worry about or start supplementing or whatever it is? This should be like normal health checkup. Just Give them your blood because you can determine so much just for your blood. And they don't. I wish they did. I wish that would be basic pre- preventative me- medicine. Yeah. It's
1: not. Yeah. No, I, I don't get it either. I mean, I, I'm not a public health person. I don't really understand why our system is the way it is, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to me either.
0: Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you know, my cynical view is they wouldn't make money off of telling you to supplement zinc. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they could find a way, but preventative, like the way our healthcare system is, I'm not going to get into too much, but our healthcare system is set up as a reactionary thing of you get sick, you go to the doctor. Rarely is there a need to go to the doctor before you get sick. You know, nowadays we get like, you know, you get your free checkup per year, but they kind of like, like poke into your mouth and like check your heartbeat and you're like, you're good. Like, no, no, no. Give me a blood test. I need to know if I'm deficient. Am I doing
1: things right with my diet and things, right? And I think you have to, I think you have to ask specifically for expanded screening. Like I know for men anyway, like if you want your testosterone levels checked, you have to ask for it to be included. Like, and I think there's probably other things that I'm not aware of that you have to ask about too. You have to definitely be your own advocate. Uh, it's, wor-
0: it's worse than system. that
1: it's actually worse
0: than that because not only do you have to ask because I've
1: done this you not only have to ask you
0: have to say that I'm having a problem with energy you have to like say like I have a physical problem and I need you to check this oh, wow. even if it's a lie they won't just test your testosterone they need to have a problem or you staining a problem it's wow. bad
1: yeah so it's literally like you're saying literally reactionary yeah, yeah I've it's been all reactionary. I haven't had a lot of interactions with the healthcare system um, in my life the exception of a handful of things here or there, but uh, from the outside, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I think that this situation is really putting things in sharp relief here, really clear that we got some serious issues. We got work to do yeah. um, across the board. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
0: I, <laughs> don't, I don't want to turn this into a political rant. So let's yeah. come back to, let's come back to, you know, you know, go to your doctor and talk about these things. I think that's important. I think you're to something with talking to a nutritionist. I'm assuming they're cheaper than most doctors.
1: Yeah, presumably. And like, if you go to a gym, like I went to a gym uh, in Denver uh, called Project Rise Fitness, and they've got nutritionists, they've got um, exercise coaches, they've got everything kind of all under one roof. And yeah, um, and yeah they, they, they also like build differently and they just kind of approach it differently than, uh, than a doctor would. And uh, I saw a lot of gains from that. I mean, like, for example, something that I didn't realize prior is that like almonds and peanuts are very fatty. Like a, yeah. a full serving size of almonds is like five almonds or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can have like an insane amount of, and it's good to have uh, fats, whatever. I don't know if it's saturated or unsaturated, whatever the type of fats almond have is is good for you. And avocados is the same thing. They're good fats, but, uh, but you can like way overdo it by like having like trail yeah. mix and be, you know, and trail mix is like, oh, healthy. Cause it has trail in it and you have it when you're hiking, but You know, you can like way, way overdo it. So there were just some basic stuff that I thought I was doing okay, that I was doing wrong. Uh, Not wrong, but it wasn't as healthy. So yeah, nutritionist conversation was super helpful and the exercise conversation was super helpful. It definitely pointed me in the right track. Um, And so yeah, as long as they know what they're talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, there's lots of snake oil salespeople out there and there's lots of BS, you wanna be careful. Uh, I won't get into like goop and whatever, you know, there's lots of like weird stuff online. But you know, I mean, if you can find a credible person, because the reality is, look, like we're talking about time management here, but if you don't take care of yourself and you get sick and you can't, you know, you can't run your business for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, like that's going to affect your time management. That's going to affect your business. <laughs> yeah. You know, being in a good like mental and physical state is very tied in with these like productivity and efficiency gains and like all of these like productivity hackers. Like unless you're thinking about that, like you're wasting your time trying to like optimize down to the minute if, if you're not taking care of yourself. But anyway, I'm obviously very opinionated about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's all good. I, I've been tempted to go talk to a nutritionist for a while and I need to make it happen as well. Um, cause I think they might give me some different insights into a doctor who just tries to look for problems. You know, <laughs> you know, th- th- it's, it's a hammer, right? The doctor is a hammer and you know, their job is to look for nails and hammer them down. And, you know, talking to a nutritionist, I think, might give you some different perspective on, like, okay, what can I do for not only preventative medicine, but also, you know, what how can I change my diet to be more productive,
1: you know, totally. from day to day? Totally. It's so important. And they can give um, you more time, probably. I mean, doctor's time is very scarce in normal circumstances, let alone right now. A nutritionist is probably more likely to give you, like, an hour. Yeah. To sit down and, like, audit what you're eating and talk about what's on your shelf. And it's, like, pretty difficult to get that amount of time with a primary care doctor, at least in the United States. Yeah, and you don't have to wait two months to wait to see them. Right, right, exactly. For a basic checkup. Yeah, and they're just cranking through a whole day of appointments.
0: Yeah, I had that in Colorado. I had a, a primary care physician that I really liked, but it was like a month-long wait to go see him. Yeah. Um, so, So, I want to take this moment to talk about, you know, just to drive home that point about getting rest. We talked about eating, drive home the point about getting rest. I you know i i sleep 7 to 8 hours i try to if i don't i'm useless know how your body works if you're you know good for 4 hours i'm very jealous of you but do it right <laughs> if you can stay up and get 4 hours of sleep and be fully productive please you know go for it. whatever works for you so that you feel rested and alert and ready the other thing is the idea of rest not in the sense of sleeping but rest of like hey take a day off you know um whether you're religious or not the idea of a sabbath Um, from Judaism and Christianity is actually a really good one. Not just from a religious perspective of, you know, take a day for worship, but also take a day to rest. Don't work because you're going to find you'll go back to work much more invigorated. If you take that day, I personally try to take a day off for rest. Doesn't always happen. I, I actually get very agitated. Um, Sundays are usually my day off because I usually start my weeks on Monday, mostly out of habit. And if I feel like I need to work on Sunday, I get very agitated and my work declines the following week. Um, i one of my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to, I, I listen to you know a lot of episodes driving from Colorado to Louisiana was making it. and this is uh, Jimmy Doresta and I think two of his friends, and they physically make objects. They have machine shops and they physically make these things. I think one of the guys is a programmer, and they've I think they've all quit their jobs and are now doing like, content and, and paid for work to make objects and they get sponsorships and whatnot. And, you know, making it is both making physical objects and making it out there as, you know, as your self business, Um, really good podcast, highly recommend it. And one of the things they brought up in an episode was this idea of working for yourself is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, if you sprint too much and you try to like, I can get 80 hours of work done in a week. I'm like, yeah, you're going to suffer after that, right? You got to recover from that. So the idea is looking at it as a marathon you know you know don't take a lazy pace but get work done you know every day that you're able to and make sure you get appropriate rest times and i think what they talked about is like you know when you just start you don't train for a marathon you don't go out there and just run 26.2 miles you get up and you like you know run a mile and then recover and then run two miles and recover And you eventually get better and better and better at doing this it's just like any compound lifts you might be doing you eventually get stronger and stronger because you can do more and you realize how your body works so Make sure you're taking time for, you to, for yourself to rest. Take time off um, and, and, you know, be with family. Do what you need to do and make sure you're, you're taking concerted rest time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think some of these practices have been around for a very long time, right? The idea of Sabbath. And I think it's worth thinking about why that is the case. And it is possible yeah. that people have been doing this for thousands of years because there's something beneficial to it. Uh, you know, now just because something's been done for a while doesn't mean it's necessarily good, obviously, but just because it's been done for a while doesn't mean it's necessarily bad either. It's worth a look. Yeah. It's worth a look. And if it's been working for, you know, people for whatever, however many thousands of years, maybe there's something worth looking under the hood, seeing how that might work for you and and translating that and not just sort of dismissing it maybe because it's old or it's a tradition or whatever.
0: Yeah. So the last piece I wanna talk about here is this very granular hour to hour uh, type of work. How do you stay focused? How do you prevent, like I have a habit of like, oh, I'm gonna hit the compile button and that's gonna compile for a minute. So I'm gonna go on Facebook and look at these memes and then like an hour later, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be (laughs) doing this other thing. Um, So how do we prevent that from happening? And that's something I'm still struggling with. Um, I'm open to ideas. Um, cause I know that if I can get into a flow state, I'm good, right? I, I, nothing's distracting me. I am completely immersed and engaged in whatever I'm doing and it feels fantastic. I love the flow state, but we can't always be there. No, there's, there's always things we have to do that we don't like to do, but we know we have to do. Um, you know, until you make it, until you're wealthy enough that you can hire out somebody to do all the things you don't want to (laughs) do. You know, we all have things we even I'm sure even Jeff Bezos has things he doesn't like to do. Uh, so, I'll I'll let you start with this. Do you have anything any recommendations on how do you stay focused in that hour to hour moment? How do you avoid distractions?
1: Well, I try to if there's things that need to be done, I try to impose a cost on not doing them. So, like I'll have reminders like up in the top right of my uh computer and like i'll just leave them open and it is so annoying to me that they're just sitting there open but i'll try to not close them out i'll also try to like phase if there's a couple of things i need to get done in a day i'll phase them like a couple of hours apart and like schedule them out as reminders um do you, do you put them
0: all in your calendar do you put like each individual like you're like i'm for an hour i'm gonna work on this or two hours i'm gonna work on this
1: so i use a reminder app app rather than a calendaring app of like blocking off calendar time because my days are too unpredictable I, I just I can't say I'm only going to do this for this hour because if a client calls and something's coming up I have to I got to work on that or whatever if I you know what I mean yeah. So like I can't I can't like schedule it I mean I'm sure I could if I really wanted to I choose not to schedule it out because I like having a little bit of wiggle I like being able to say eh, whatever I'll just do that tomorrow I don't really need to do it today I mean because there's not that many things that you like really have to do in that moment, I mean, even taxes, you can file for extensions and stuff like that, you know? So like, you know, and if you don't pay a credit card bill for your business or whatever, if that's not automated, then you just pay interest. So it's like, technically there's very few things that you like really have to do besides drink water, eat food and like go to the bathroom. But uh, but I try to like impose a sense of urgency by, by making it costly, just like in terms of like irritation of like having it like pop up and sit there and make me make me get it out of the way. And so, I, and I try to limit the number of things I feel like I really have to do in a given day, like three to five things a day. And then I try to get to everything else as best as I can through my email inbox and through my like to-do list in Basecamp. Um, so that, I think, overall is how I do it. You use Basecamp then as your to-do list manager. I use Basecamp, my inbox. I mean, I use a few different things depending on what it is. Basecamp for my business stuff. Uh, my inbox generally for client stuff. Because like for different clients, I'll have like different Trello accounts and things that'll just email me. Um, So so Basecamp for my personal business work, like internally, inbox for client stuff and, and other things. CRM for outbound and like customer, my own customer activities. And then reminders for like personal life things that I have to do. So I guess I have four different types of reminders for four different types of things. And those reminders are like live in their different environments, like the CRM tasks are related to like deals. So that's like a separate thing. Um, I saying it out loud, I realize it's probably more complicated than it needs to be, but that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I,
0: I think every person who goes through the struggle of trying to come up or find a system that works usually ends up combining several different things into something, right? You know, I, I've, I've read several books about personal time management or, or working or getting into flow or whatever it is. And it's kind of like, yeah, that looks great. And you try it for a little while, and you're like, well, these pieces don't work, but these pieces do. And you kind of keep the pieces that you do, and you eventually structure your own thing. Um, I suppose if you ever become an expert in some new concept, you write your own book about it. But I think for most of us, we we try to just piece things together that work. We know that work.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I think it's just a, you, you just you learn by do. I mean, I I'm a very much you learn by doing, see what works. Uh, and then if something isn't working and it's, if it isn't working for long enough that it's annoying, then you just change it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I've tried several different techniques. Um, I, I'm still not convinced on any one email thing. I've not found an email thing that works for me. So my email inbox is a to-do list and I, I try to keep up with it. I've tried email inbox zero. It, it's, it's no good for me. Um, I, I just can't because there's, there's, I have like priorities of things where like somebody like emails me and asks me a question and it's like, okay, I can sit on that for two days or three days and get back to it because that's gonna require a little bit of thought. And it's not like a, like a pressing client question, right? Like somebody might email me and be like, I'm doing this Arduino thing. And I'm like, I want to help people and answer their, their Arduino project things. Cause they found me through Twitter. I want to help those people, but sometimes it, like I, I have other priorities that need to get done first. So those might sit for a week or two. Most unfortunately, or, or like a friend emails me like, hey, how's it going? Like, that's a to-do item. But, you know, maybe I save that for a rainy day kind of thing. Um, I should look at using folders. I've tried tagging stuff in emails before. Doesn't help me. Um, but I I try to check my email probably once an hour. And I know I should do it like twice a day. But like once an hour, I'll check my email. And if there's something super pressing from a client, I I will have to stop and like that, like, you know, that's like your, your timer interrupt or, or an external interrupt in a, in a microcontroller, right? Like I have to stop what I'm doing and like answer this super important question from an, from a client. Um, outside of that, um, I've tried that like schedule every hour of my day. I know a few people that works really well for does absolutely does not work for me because my mind doesn't quite work as well, like quite work the way I plan for every day. It just doesn't. Um, I've tried manual and electronic to-do lists, and I find that those get very messy very quickly. Um, for me, if you can manage one and you're you're good about it, I just find that, like, a to-do list continues to grow um, regardless. Even if you're like, okay, I'm going to try to, like, do these three, I then have this forever growing list, and then every day it becomes a I need to completely reorganize my list. Um, and that became, and then I would start having like separate lists. I would have like my electronic one and then I would have like sticky notes for the really important ones. And then those would get lost. Um, so like basic to do's didn't work. So now it's for me now it's a, you know, I'll, I'll use a, a a sticky note if it's an absolute emergency, like, oh, I need to do this today and I'll put it on my computer. And I'm like, I need my computer screen to be clear. So I clear off sticky notes, um, as fast as I can. Um, those are absolute emergency cases. I use Trello. I've set it up not so much as a Kanban board, but more of as a scrum uh, type of board, which still if you use it like Trello's intended, it's Kanban and if you're doing the whole points and guessing and backlog system, it becomes more like scrum So I do a personal version of scrum um, I want to save that for another episode talking about project management, right? Like on a grander scale not a day-to-day focus kind of thing, but every day I can log into Trello and see, I need to be working on these things. These are the big items that I need to be working on, whether it's getting a project working, writing some piece of code, um, or writing a script or filming or something like that. I break those down into those types of things and I try to never give myself a, 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 a task that's gonna take more than what I predict to be three days. Um, if it's three days or more, I try to break that down into smaller ones. Um, and I don't try to chunk it up any less than say 15-ish minutes. Um, if it's something that I need to do within less than 15 minutes, I should just do it. Um, or it sits in my email or it's a sticky note for like later that day.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Um, and then, so the, the other thing, the other thing I wanted to talk about is this, this, I don't know if it's new, but I I keep hearing more and more about it. Um, figuring out the Altradian rhythms. And I think that's kind of where the Pomodoro technique comes in. You know, get 60 to 90 minutes of work done and then have, 20 minutes of rest. Um this this kind of applies for me. Um if I can get into flow, this goes out the window and whatever, I'm going to work for 3 hours straight. Um if it's something that I don't like I'm super immersed in, okay, I'm going to work for 90 minutes and then I deserve a break and I'll sometimes I'll set a timer but usually I just look at the clock and go, "Okay, I'll give it about an hour or 90 minutes and then I'll go take a break." Um the biggest thing here I found is that break A break should not be playing video games or watching a TV show. That is not a break. I find that even though it might be enjoyable, uh, your mind does, you're not pulling away from a screen and your mind is not able to do that full reset. Um, do literally anything else other than, uh, like, like checking social media, watching a show or playing video games, like do something to get away from your, from your computer screen, um, Whether that's, like, go to talk to people, uh, call somebody up on the phone. Uh, You know, for me, having a dog is fantastic because my dog forces me to take breaks throughout the day anyway. I have to go outside. That's perfect. I'm going to go play a few rounds of fetch with him. So, uh, you know, if you're you're up for getting a dog or you don't already have one, uh, they are great companions when you're working for yourself. They also keep you company, too.
1: So you're saying spending six hours on Twitter isn't refreshing for your... (laughs) As,
0: as much as i get sucked into it sometimes and like i want to see all the funny memes people are posting or the crazy political discussions that that start happening uh it i don't i don't come away feeling refreshed and that's that's the problem is i can't i can't get back to motivation if i'm not feeling refreshed in fact i feel worn out it's not good very interesting yes i would report the same <laughs> <laughs> i i mean take this from experience right like i i am still struggling to like not just check Facebook for my break. It's, it's bad.
1: Um, you've deleted your account, right? I did. Yeah. I deleted Facebook and Instagram over a year ago now. And honestly, I don't miss them at all. I mean, there are like updates I miss getting from some friends, but I, I just go out of my way to try to text message with them more to get updates and yeah. ask them, like, hey, like, send me a picture of your, you know, you know, your kiddo like running around or whatever the types of things that they would normally post on social. Um, Give me
0: your funniest meme. Your your exactly. funniest quarantine meme. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell me how tell me how it's going for Animal Crossing for you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't really miss either of them to be honest with you, but I, I do miss getting some updates from some friends. But the overall like Facebook, Instagram experience, eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm on Twitter. It's not like I'm above it. I mean, I'm on Twitter a lot.
0: I I find Twitter to be very useful for. My line will work and I'm guessing for yours
1: as well. Like Twitter's Absolutely. more professional for me. Absolutely, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and they have professional reasons. I mean, if I were independently wealthy, maybe I would not be on either of them very much. <laughs> but right. Right, right now I find that they do help with business opportunity and understanding the marketplace and understanding what founders are going through. So I spend time there and I learn a lot there.
0: Yeah, I, I see lots of cool uh, projects, tech projects and cool tech discussions, especially on Twitter. Um, I see a lot of professional stuff on LinkedIn, but, uh, Instagram has projects on it, but I find they're, they're usually just more showy. Like when I see maker projects on Instagram, it's kind of, you know, some of them are really cool, but some of them fall into the category of like, what would be classified as a project selfie? Like, Mm -hmm. look how cool this is. And it's not, it's really just about the looks. Um, and if you can pull it off, Instagram is a great place to be, but it doesn't work for me. I have much better discussions with people about tech stuff on Twitter, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah,
0: I've had the same experience. Yeah. And so the, the last thing here is this idea of like, like I see two schools of thought on when you wake up in the morning, do you tackle the easy stuff first or do you try to tackle a harder project? Um, I've tried both to varying degrees of success. Um, I would say, look into it for yourself. Michael Hyatt, uh, who's the author of a number of business books, uh, definitely says to tackle the easy stuff first because it allows you to build up steam. You feel accomplished and you can, you know, get into motivation and flow for the rest of the day. Um, and then Brian Tracy, who wrote Eat That Frog, says, no, 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 you should tackle the hardest things first because you want to get them off of your plate and this helps combat procrastination. So uh, I, I got nothing on either of, those, either of those. Try them both. What are your thoughts? Do you, do you do easy or hard stuff first in the morning?
1: I would say it depends on how important the thing is. It <laughs> You know, it if it's something I really have to get done, I will try to do it first. If it's something yeah. that I would like to get done, but it's okay if I push it by a day, then I tend to start with easier things first just to maintain inbox zero. Yeah. You know, or, where or, I can or, respond to quick emails and stuff. You do inbox zero, are you able to yeah, successfully yeah. do it? Yeah, I maintain inbox zero across, I have literally seven email inboxes.
0: Wow, I, yeah. I bow to your email prowess. I am
1: not that good with email. <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but it's a fixation of mine. But uh, yeah, so, and because I have different client accounts. Like, I have, I have client-facing accounts. So that's why, you know, one's personal, one's for business, a couple for a couple of different clients. You know, we got the one for the show here. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, that's my, I guess I go for the frog if it's really, really important, if it's like a tax or a legal or an accounting thing or a client deadline that's very important. Otherwise, I tend to go easy first and then roll into mid-morning. By the time I get to mid-morning, I'm ready to like do the bigger things and spend like 30 to 90 minutes working on like a bigger thing.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I guess the thing for me is like, because I'm doing still some engineering projects, um, if I can't set aside like three hours in a day to work on a thing, it's almost useless for me to work on a thing, uh, specifically in engineering, like like a programming or or, you know, circuit design or something like i need to be able to get into that zone to begin with and i if i look i'm like oh i've got an hour before i have to go do a thing it's generally almost a wasted hour um which really annoyed me about office life there were a couple of times where i had like you know meeting hour meeting hour meeting hour and then you know uh, my coworkers would be like you can't you still have four hours in the day you can't get something done i'm like yes it's not four contiguous hours um and that was a big problem for me so I find that where I look for contiguous blocks of time, and those are the times I tackle the larger projects, where I, you know, okay, I need to get into the mind space of coding because it takes me a little bit. It might take me an hour to start getting into, or even potentially approaching flow for like a programming project. Um, And sometimes I don't get there. Sometimes it's like I get I get stuck on a technical problem, and I I get sick of reading Stack Overflow, and I need to stop for the day, Um, and then I wake up with with you know, oh, I have an idea. I need to go check that. So, but I need that contiguous time. I need to dive super deep into something and that just takes time. So I think for me, I'm learning that I need to tackle the harder stuff first um, because that potentially opens up the possibility of getting into flow for uh, technical stuff, technical work.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I find sales and marketing activities that are like that as well, you know, where you really got to get in the zone to do that type of activity. Uh, I think that's, I think that's a very important point.
0: Which, 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 marketing things do you find require that?
1: Well, like, you know, we, you know, we use, um, buffer for scheduling posts on Twitter for the show, yeah. you know, sitting down and having just a solid 30 to 60 minutes to go through and make the clips, you know, and then queue cue up all of those posts. It's much easier to do that. It's more time efficient. Um, writing an email for like email marketing. If you're writing a newsletter, that's another yeah. one where that's like a flow thing where you're doing the layout and dropping in images and, you know, whatever, like uh, styling on the HTML, CSS side. I find that that's definitely like a flow state. Uh, doing outbound, you've got to get in the zone of like doing the the rhythm of outbound, researching, on-decking prospects, and then contacting them. So, yeah, I think there's quite a, quite a few different things that require that. I mean, it's different if you're like an inbound salesperson and you're just like sort of getting phone calls as they come in. You, you have to sort of have tasks that you're doing and then always be ready to hit pause, answer the phone and answer those questions. But that's kind of a different, different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, cool. I think that's about all the time we have for this
0: episode. We, we got it about an hour now. I, I wanted to sign off with a few recommendations. Um, do you have any specific books or articles or things or podcasts you like to read or listen to that revolves around this idea of work, productivity, staying motivated and focused?
1: Well, I really like DHH and Jason Fried, sorry, David Heinemeyer Hansen and Jason Fried and the Basecamp folks, how they talk about, you know, they, they wrote a book called Rework, which is a classic. They've got a book on remote working, which is really good. Obviously, they make Basecamp project management software. Uh, I think a lot of the opinions that they have around office culture and how time is spent, I think a lot of that stuff makes a lot of sense to me. It really resonates with me. Awesome. I, Rework is on my list. I think I have it on my Audible list. So it's
0: I, I will hopefully get to it pretty soon here. What about you, Sean? Uh, there's there's a few that I've really stuck with me over the years. Um, the first is Work Clean by Dan Charnas. Um, this isn't so much time management, though they do go into it. He compares working in an office or working for yourself, just general office work, white-collar work. Uh, he compares it to uh, chefs in a, in, a, in a restaurant. And it's just a fascinating look at how chefs by necessity have to be very regimented in not only their time, but also keeping their physical space clean because that allows them to get into that flow more easily. And I can be a very, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm a messy person necessarily, but I can be a very messy worker. I'm the person that dumps all the Legos on the floor and wants to build something and then go, look, I made a thing with just this mess everywhere, right? I'm, I'm that kind of Worker and then later, like I'm done, okay, let's you know pick everything back up. Um, but chefs can't do that. They a lot of times literally don't have the space. So they need to do things like, okay, I've prepped this or had my cooks prep this. We need to clean this and then prep this other thing, or there's this new dish coming in that we have to create that and then keep the workspace clean. And then the idea of tools always have a place, right? When you're done using a knife, that goes here. When you're done using that. Pot, it hangs up here. You're done with that, right? Don't just leave it there. Um, and that helps a lot of times getting into that flow state. So I like that book. I want to aspire to be that, and I have a long way to go. The other is, I mentioned earlier, the Making It podcast by Jimmy Doresta, Bob Claggett, and uh, David Picciuto. Um, Fun listen. They talk about if you're in the maker community, uh, these. Guys are something I, I would aspire to be them. I, you know, as as somewhat of a maker, I aspire like these guys do. Awesome stuff. They get cool gigs. They get paid for. They have their YouTube channel. They're really cool. They make content and fun things. Um, another one is interestingly enough, the power of habit by Charles Duhigg, and that's you know that's not just necessarily that's not about time management, but it is about doing some soul searching to figure out why you do certain things? You know as a human, why do we develop habits and what you can do to break those. So if you're finding you're always going to get coffee at 2 or 3 pm and it affects your sleep schedule the next night so that you have to drink coffee at 8 a.m, what can you do to kick that habit? So I think that's a super useful one to look into and figure out what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and then the other is scrum, which I want to have a whole podcast about, not scrum, but project management, and how you handle, Larger timescale projects. Um, this is Jeff Sutherland and JJ Sutherland uh, It's the I guess it's considered the original scrum book And there's all sorts of things that have flown out of scrum like agile and all these others that are a combination of many different project management techniques But scrum has some very useful information in it about managing your own time and managing your own schedule so Anything else wanted to add Harris? No, that's all I got stay safe stay healthy and uh, Thanks everyone Thanks for listening.
1: If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Let us know what you think on Twitter at Hello Blink Show. Find show notes at Helloblinkshow.com. The Hello Blink Show is shared under a CC BY 4.0 license by SkalResa LLC and Kenny Consulting Group LLC. The intro and outro music is routine by Amin Maxwell and is shared under a CC BY 3.0 license. This song can be found at SoundCloud.com/slash Maxwell slash routine.